Leverage, the power to influence a person or situation to achieve a particular outcome. Use something to maximum advantage. Everything is a gift from God. So what would it look like if we all leveraged our love, influence, time, and finances for maximum advantage? God is calling you right now to leverage all that you have so that someone may too have all that he gives. Well, it's good to be with you again today. Excited to continue our series on leverage. My name is Josh Dotzler, and I hope this last week you were able to live intentional. Because that's what we're talking about when we're talking about leverage. We're talking about intentional living for exponential impact. We all can leverage what God has given us. Week one, we talked about leveraging our love. Man, if we could leverage anything in this season, love has got to be the most important. And when we leverage our love, it, it leads us to leveraging our influence and our time and, and leveraging the resources that God has given us. And so today, we're going to talk about this idea of leveraging our influence. We all have influence. And, and, and as we leverage our influence, we'll see God use it for exponential impact in the world around us. How, how many people know that there's a difference between having a connection with somebody and really having influence with somebody, a relationship with somebody versus influence. A relationship basically says that I'm connected to you, that we have a connection. Influence says that I can actually be a catalyst in your life to see you go farther, faster. I've got four children, a 10-year-old Joshua, eight-year-old Joseph, a seven-year-old Juliana, and a three-year-old Jada. And one of the things my wife and I love to do is, is whether it's dinner time or lunch time, but we love uh, sitting around the table and just trying to have some uh, healthy, honest conversations with our children. Recently, uh, we had a conversation and we talked about baptism. And we were trying to help our, our kids understand what baptism is and, and what it means to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and, and, and how uh, that signifies what we believe in the direction that we're going. And I was uh, doing my best as a communicator of God's Word to let my children understand what baptism is all about. And, and as I'm in the middle of, of sharing this uh, passionate presentation of the gospel— my eight-year-old son looks over at me, and he starts to clap, and he stands up clapping. He said, good speech, Dad, good speech. That was great. And my other kids start standing up clapping, and they all start busting out laughing, and I look over at my wife, and I'm like, man, are, is this hopeless or what? It, it was a pretty funny scene looking back on it, but at the time, I was wondering if I actually have influence in my children's life? Are they actually listening <laughs> to anything that we're trying to say and we're trying to teach them? And I recognize as parents, we do have influence in our children. Sometimes we don't always get to see the result of that influence, but we have influence. And influence allows us to, to move people in the direction of God's heart. 
Relationship plus influence leads to transformation. I love that. Relationship plus influence leads to transformation. And ultimately, we've experienced, many of us have experienced transformation from God. And we want to see other people experience that same level of transformation. And it starts with relationship, but there's also a level of influence that we have to have in people's lives in order to see that transformation become a reality. We we see that in the life of the Apostle Paul. Man, the Apostle Paul had incredible influence. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. The, The impact and influence that he used to Uh, write out God's Word as impacting many of our lives today. But we see in this passage in 2 Corinthians that even Paul had some challenges with people who wanted to challenge his influence. And we see in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 13, the message translation says this, We aren't making outrageous claims here. This is what Paul is saying. We're sticking to the limits of what God has set for us. But there can be no question that those limits reach and include you. We're not moving into someone else's territory. We're already there with you, weren't we? We were the first ones to get there with the message of Christ, right? So how can there be any question of overstepping our bounds by writing or visiting you? Paul, again, is being challenged. He's being challenged on his influence. But Paul is is writing this letter to the Corinthians, letting them know, no, God sent us to you. We're here because he wants us to influence you in such a way so that you can experience all that he has for you. As the scriptures go on, verse 18, or 15 through 18, it says, we're not uh, barging in on the rightful work of others, interfering with their ministries, demanding a place in the sun with them. What we're here hoping for is that your lives, get this, your lives grow in faith. That's what our influence is for, to help other people grow, so that you'll play a part within our expanding work, and we'll all still be within the limits God has set as we proclaim the message in our countries and beyond Corinth. He goes on to say, but we have no intention of moving on in what others have done, and taking credit for it. If you want to claim credit, claim it for God. He says, what you say about yourself means nothing in God's work. It's what God says about you that makes the difference. I I love this because Paul is one of the most influential people we see in Scripture, and yet people were challenging Paul. And And Paul gives us a picture of what influence is all about. Not just for his life, but for our lives. First thing that we we see in this passage is that influence is from God and for God. I love it. Paul Paul says, man, I, I can't take credit for the influence that I've had in your life. See, the reality is people were trying to take credit. They were trying to take credit for the work that God was doing. And Paul makes it very clear. He says, man, I, I don't deserve any credit. We, we don't deserve any credit. We are simply here because God sent us. I think it's so important that you and I recognize first and foremost that the influence we have is not because of our hard work. 
It's not because of the strategic plan that we've put together for our lives. It's not because of a business deal that we were a part of. It's not because of our political party. The influence we have is from God and for God. And when we start there and we, we, we look to leverage the influence he's given us, we recognize that all of it ultimately is to advance the kingdom of God. The other thing that we see in these passage is that we all have different types of influence. God doesn't give us the same level of influence with, with, with people. He gives all of us different influence so that everyone can be reached. I love what the Apostle Paul says. He says, I've become all things to all people so that none would be lost. In other words, depending who he's with will depend on the way he leverages and uses his influence. And even Paul, as great as he was, he couldn't influence everyone. And so God gives us all unique abilities. We're, we're, we're here on the basketball court again, and I've got the hoop and when I played college basketball, I played uh, the, the role of a point guard. And on a basketball team, at any given time, you've got five players on the, the court. And the por- point guard's job is to make sure that people are in their position. It's to run the team. It's to, to make plays and find people and, and get them the ball when they're open. The point guard is kind of the facilitator on the team. Now, I'm roughly six foot. I'm probably taller uh, on screen than I am in real life. I'm roughly six foot. I'm not that, that big. I'm half black, half white. I can barely jump. Not that athletic. And so I had to use my mind and use my, my strategy a lot. But I played with guys that were close to seven foot. And the things that they could do around the rim and the plays that they could make, I couldn't even make those in my dreams. I recognize that that God creates us all differently. First Corinthians says that we're one body with many different parts. God strategically gives us influence because he calls us to influence and impact certain people. Can I tell you, your story is a result of the influence God wants to give you, where you grew up, the gifts, the passions, the skills you have. It's all a part of the unique design God has on your life for the influence that he's calling you to have. So we see in this passage, influence is from God and for God. Number two, we all have different types of influence for the part that God is calling us to play. Number three, influence is always about people. Influence is always about people. See, ultimately, changed people change the world. When we talk about relationship plus influence equals transformation, we're talking about people that God wants to change. So often in our culture, we, we, we use people to build our influence. I mean, I don't know if you've seen this, but on social media, there are actually programs that you can purchase that help you like people and like their status. And, and there's, there's formulas out there that you can pay money for so that you will have more followers, so that people will look at you as more influential. Our world uses people to build their influence and their platform. 
But we see in this passage and we see in God's heart that we're supposed to use our influence to build people, not use people to build our influence. And so all of us have influence and all of us can leverage our influence to impact the world around us. I love the story of Zacchaeus in Scripture because I think the story of Zacchaeus and Jesus gives us a picture because I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I ask the question, man, God, who am I called to influence? What, where am I called to use my influence? Who am I called to, to connect with? And the story of Zacchaeus, I think, helps us ask a couple of questions that can help narrow in and clarify the people that we're called to influence. Because we all have a, a circle of people that I believe God calls us to strategically influence. You're probably familiar with that, the, the, the story of Zacchaeus. There's actually a song, sing it with me if you know it. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was... Come on! That's why I'm preaching, not singing. <laughs> but, but you know the, the song, you know the story. Zacchaeus was this, this man and uh, he, he was a tax collector and he heard Jesus was coming through town. And so the Bible says that because of Zacchaeus' height, he, he climbs up in this sycamore tree and, and he, he's looking down to get a glimpse of Jesus walking by. And I love this story because first and foremost, Zacchaeus knew Jesus was somebody worth looking at. Jesus was somebody because of his reputation, because of what he was doing. He was somebody that people wanted to see. And so Zacchaeus... He, he, he understood and, 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 and he, he, he wanted to do everything he could to just get a glimpse of Jesus. And I think the first question we have to ask ourselves is, are our lives worth watching? Are people wanting to see us? Are they wanting to see the model? Are our kids looking at us with respect? We all have the opportunity to live in a way where it actually causes people to look and to see. When it comes to narrowing in our, our, our influence and, and where maybe God is giving us influence, I think the first question we have to ask is, is who's watching me? Who's watching me? You probably don't have to look far within the context of your family, within the context of your neighborhood, within the context of your school, within the context of your work, to recognize that people are watching. Jesus understood that people were watching him. Looking at verse 5 in Luke chapter 19, it says, when Jesus came by, he, he, he looked up. Jesus looked up because he recognized people were watching him. He looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. He said, Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest at your home today. See, Jesus understood that he had influence. He understood Zacchaeus was watching him. He knew him by name. Whose names do you know? Who are the people in your, your sphere of influence that you know them by name? And then I love what Jesus does because he calls Zacchaeus down and, and then he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming over to your house. <laughs> the audacity of Jesus to invite himself over 
to somebody else's house. But Zacchaeus, knowing who Jesus was and excited about who Jesus was, excited to spend some time with Jesus, takes Jesus to his house. The first question we ask ourselves is, who's watching me? The second question I think we see in this passage that we have to ask ourselves is, who's following me? If I invite somebody to come over, if I invite myself over to somebody's house, are they going to be excited to spend time with me? I love the leadership phrase that I've heard in the past. It says, if you think you're a leader and you go out for a walk and you look behind you and and nobody's following you, then you're just taking a walk. You're not really leading. And I think that's what the heart of influence really is. It's, man, people are watching me, but also who's following me? And so Jesus invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house, and they're over there hanging out. And, and then, then I, I love what happens in this story, because it's a picture of, of how I believe we're called to use our influence. It says, that, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a a, a son, a true son of Abraham. I, I love this because I think it's a picture of how we're called to leverage our influence. Jesus nowhere in this story preaches to Zacchaeus. Nowhere in this story does Jesus even invite or call Zacchaeus to give anything back. But by virtue of being in proximity with Jesus, Zacchaeus starts to make some radical life changes. And and he he starts to describe how he was going to change his life, change his behavior. As a result of, of the influence Jesus had on his life, not even by virtue of what Jesus said, but just because of who Jesus was and because Jesus was willing to spend time with Zacchaeus, that spoke and told Zacchaeus everything, ultimately, that he needed to know and needed to understand. It's the ultimate picture of how we're called to use and leverage the influence we have. We see the, 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 the third question in this story. Who is listening to me? See, it's one thing to watch. It's another thing to follow. But Zacchaeus listened and made decisions based on who Jesus was and what Jesus was saying. I've got a, a friend of mine, Tyrese. And Tyrese came to Omaha because he was facing some challenges. And he had been homeless. He had been through some uh, rehabilitation programs, had struggled with some substance abuse. And he came to Omaha, and shortly after, his wife and their two children came to Omaha to be with him. And I got connected to them. And in this connection, they found out that we had some potential places to stay and places where they could do some of the work that they were looking to do. And in our conversation, I invited them to church. I said, man, if you, if you really want to 
get your life back on track. I, I love that you're doing rehab. I love that you're looking for work. But you've got to get connected to a church family. And so I invited them to, to church. And the reason we initially got connected was they heard that we could help them. They heard that I could help them. They were watching. They heard some things. Invited them to Bridge Church and the church that we're a part of. They started coming to church. And week after week, they started coming. And we, we leveraged some relationships that we had and were, was able to get Tyrese a job and was one of the first times he was working a job where he was getting uh, a paid in, in a, a way that was uh, uh, consistent with the work that he was doing. He had always had these really low-paying jobs that he, he couldn't keep. And so he's got a job, and he's showing up at church, and at different times throughout this process, Tyrese would take one step forward and two steps backwards. One step forward and, and two steps backwards. And one day after months of working together, Tyrese seeing some things, Tyrese following based on what he understood, his wife showed up at church. And she came to me in tears. And she said, Josh, last night was a horrible night. He, he was out all night, speaking of Tyrese. He was getting into trouble. I, I don't think our marriage can survive. I could tell she was heartbroken. And so after church was done, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go find Tyrese. And so had Tyrese's wife and children go spend time with my wife and our children and, and be together. And, and I went over to Tyrese's house. I showed up without letting him know. And I knocked on the door, and Tyrese opens the door, and you could tell he was surprised to see me. And I went over there, and I, I felt like God gave me this, this word and this idea that, that the enemy is not going to get a hold of Tyrese's life, and I'm not going to allow him to drift back into his old ways. And so we sat there on the couch, and, and I could tell Tyrese had a long night, and, and I could tell the conversation we had, we weren't getting very far. He, he wasn't really being honest with me, and I could, I could tell that he was just giving me lip service. And so I had this idea. I said, Tyrese, let's go for a run. He grabbed some shorts. He said, how long are we going to run for? I said, I don't know, but we're going to go run. I felt like I was going to run him and get him to such a place where he was going to be honest. And so we got his shorts on, and we went to a park, and we started to run. And as we're running, I was casting vision for Tyrese's life. I said, Tyrese, you can decide where you want to go in life. You can run towards God's calling on your life. Or you can stop and you can run away from it. You can run towards God's calling and run towards your wife and run towards your family. Or you can run away, but you get to decide. A couple times as we were running, Tyrese said, man, Josh, I got asthma and would get down and say, I got to tie my shoe. I said, no, 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 we are not stopping. We are running. And we ran and we ran and we got to a place where we sat and we talked and Tyrese started to take responsibility for his life. And that day ended in our backyard where myself and my wife and Tyrese and his wife sat there and they started to reconcile. And as time has passed, Tyrese is not the same person that he used to be. I had a relationship with him, but it took time to really build influence in his life. 
and get to the place where he could respond to what I was trying to share with him. For all of us, God has given us influence. We've got to ask ourselves the question, who is watching? We've got to ask ourselves the question, who is actually following? When I go do something or when I invite people to participate with me, who is willing to say yes and be a part? And then the last thing, who's listening? Who's willing to change? Who's willing to make a decision to say yes to God's calling? I love that at King of Kings, we talk about my four. And it's this idea of identifying who are four people in my circle that I can identify, that I can invite to come hang out with me, that I can uh, uh, really invest in and inspire to reach their God-given calling. See, our influence isn't by accident. God gives us influence so we can leverage it and impact the world around us. I want to encourage you. Where has God given you influence? And how does he want you to use it? This week, write down some names. Take some time. Really leverage the influence God has given you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you that you leverage your influence. And most of us are where we are today because of the people you've used to speak into our lives. God, I pray that we would be people who recognize that we have influence on purpose, not by accident. It's from God and for the advancement of your kingdom. Lord, would we be intentional about looking out? Would we see who's watching, who's following, who's listening? God, would we be intentional about identifying people and then, God, inviting them into our lives, into our world, to see you do something amazing in their life. Lord, give us more influence. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We want to see people experience you. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.